Welcome to Cocharia's podcast, Coach to Lead. I'm Magda Woza. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. The episode you're about to hear was recorded live as part of Cocharia's Coaching Across Boundaries event. In this episode, we welcome CEO and Executive Director of ICF, Magda Mok, for a session on how professional coaching can accelerate social progress. You'll find a link to the video recording of this session in the episode notes. For more information on webinars like this one and on becoming a coach, please visit us at coacharia.com. If you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for your support. Here's today's episode. It is my, my great pleasure to be here with everybody. Thank you, Ram, for the invitation. And thank you for creating this one month long, uh, very exciting series of very, very diverse topics that I think are of importance that we in a coaching profession discuss very openly and uh, not necessarily having a strong position one way or another, but to be in a conversation with each other. So I was asked to speak about coaching role in societal progress. And I couldn't be more excited about it because it is something that is very, very close to, to me, to my heart and to my um, uh, value system. So uh, although, yes, I am the CEO of the International Coach Federation, I am speaking to you today more as Magda Mok. Um, because as I said, you know, I am uh, championing and spearheading some of these initiatives for the ICF, but this is something that I'm uh, extremely passionate about as a person um, and as a coach. So um, again, for those of you who do not know ICF, International Coach Federation was created almost 25 years ago. We will be celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. And the organization has been created to give legitimacy to the coaching profession. Um, some would say the coaching profession has been known for years and years, centuries, really. While, you know, in a more modern way, we are uh, considering coaching being still somewhat new. What it means is that we're observing a lot of evolution of what's going on in the coaching world. I've been working with ICF for uh, 14 years and um, myself, I've seen a significant, significant changes. Uh, for example, when I first started, uh, the term internal coach pretty much did not exist. We were not talking about neuroscience underpinning the uh, uh, effectiveness and efficacy of coaching. We did not talk much about group or team coaching. The term systemic coaching was not very well known, let alone a conversation about coaching cultures and how creating coaching cultures may support organizations and individuals alike in achieving um, their, their uh, highest potential. Um, what we also observed over this period of time is that ICF uh, as an organization grew very significantly from about 8,000 members 15 years ago to, uh, well, 36,000 nowadays. And the sheer number is great by itself, but I think what's even more interesting is that 
uh, we used to be predominantly North American organization, while now less than half of our membership resides in North America between Canada and the United States. And we are growing very, very fast uh, in other parts of the world. I just came back from Africa where the board of directors held its face-to-face uh, -face strategic planning meeting. And uh, we already welcomed seven or eight chapters in Africa and Middle East with Asia also growing very significantly. And the reason I'm giving you a little bit of that uh, background and history is that the application of coaching also started shifting. When ICF was first started, coaching applied just to individuals. And uh, for a reason, the term life coaching has been used because people were uh, uh, getting help with their life issues, with things that were important to them, which they wanted to accomplish. Um, and they were seeking the uh, uh, relationship with a professional coach. Then we noticed that organizations and corporations started using coaching. In several parts of the world, coaching was considered initially anyway, more as a remedial function. That meant that, you know, should there be a problem, somebody would work with the coach to either improve performance or frankly to be coached out of the organization. Um, having said that, the, the corporations and organizations quickly realized that um, having coaches working with their um, leaders made a difference. And um, they started looking more into bigger systems within the organizations. Um, soon after the organizations and corporations started using coaching, governments started really taking a hold of this new methodology that seemingly was really working for the private sector. So uh, Canadian government was actually one of the first, Australian, followed by the US uh, federal government, employing coaches internally and externally to uh, support the vast activities of, uh, of those um, uh, institutions and organizations. Alongside with that, we noticed that the awareness of coaching is growing. Uh, we've been conducting, we being ICF, we've been conducting um, uh, global awareness studies conducted for us by PricewaterhouseCoopers. And first time when we actually did this study, we asked the question of what do you know about coaching? Do you know what coaching is? Have you been a part of a coaching relationship? We had frankly really no idea what the answer is gonna be. And to our delight, quite frankly, at that point, that was seven years ago, the global awareness of coaching was at 51%. So 51% of individuals 25 years and older, randomly chosen by PwC uh, as their panel um, uh, survey recipients, responded that they actually did know what coaching was. Um, fairly nice percentage of people already uh, were engaged in a coaching relationship. And out of those, um, over 85% said that they would repeat the coaching engagement if given an opportunity. We are uh, repeating that study every two years. And 
last year we released the, the, the most recent data. And again, to our delight, we noticed that the awareness of coaching jumped from 51 to 66 percent. This is quite unparalleled. We ask PwC, they, they do awareness studies for many, many organizations and professions. And even they uh, uh, seem to be thinking that this is, this is quite unusually quick uh, increase in the global awareness. And what we, uh, our, our working thesis was that this is because many organizations decided that uh, just affording coaching to their top level leadership is not enough. Perhaps even a little arrogant to think that one person can single-handedly turn the entire uh, tenor and the culture, management culture, leadership culture of the organization. So in partnership with Human Capital Institute, we are conducting a series of studies about coaching in organizations. We, our first study, we just looked into what does it mean? What does it mean to have coaching culture in an organization? We later went into checking what, what do we know about creating internal coaching programs? The next step was what does it mean to be a millennial coach or a coach for the millennial? In organizational setting um, and then very recently last year we looked into how coaching is supporting change management initiatives but all in all what we found out is that organizations with strong coaching cultures happen to have a much greater engagement of their employees and they also realize greater financial results than organizations of the same size in similar type of industry. But again, you know, you might, might ask, how does it, how does it uh, uh, matter for coaching for societal progress? Well, it does, by two, uh, uh, at least two different ways. One is that uh, there is some very interesting research on the so-called uh, ripple effect of coaching. When an individual is um, subject to coaching and is in a coaching relationship, they do pick up some of the traits and skills of a coach. They start uh, addressing their employees in a different way. Uh, their leadership style, their management style is changing. The whole notion of leader and manager using coaching skills is very prevalent. And we know that this is the fastest growing segment, if you will, of the coaching uh, uh, spectrum nowadays. But also they do talk about coaching with people outside of their profession, outside of their organization. They bring that awareness of coaching to, uh, uh, to other uh, populations, if you will. And what we also started noticing is that more and more of not-for-profit organizations start being interested in coaching. Because that overall awareness is growing significantly, then they started um, uh, poking around a little bit uh, and started uh, realizing some of the not-for-profits, as you well know, not well know, are really, really large organizations and often very well-funded. So for years now, ICF itself has been working with the uh, several agencies of the United Nations organization, offering coaching to leaders and to people on, on front lines. We've been in an ongoing um, 
relationship with the UNICEF in particular, where we um, offered coaching to uh, uh, the network of uh, new uh, and emerging leaders within the uh, UNICEF system. We are now coaching 35 country managers in Central and uh, uh, Southern Europe uh, to increase their uh, leadership capacity. And, and again, we started seeing a pickup on uh, coaching in not-for-profit organizations by uh, many of our members and, and coaches uh, within the greater uh, system, if you will. And that also ties back to, to corporations because corporations started realizing that having social responsibility arm or having social responsi responsibility program benefited the organization quite significantly. And it was by engaging their employees and by building um, stronger loyalty between the, the um, employees and the organization. So uh, I am not suggesting that corporate respons social responsibility programs necessarily focus on coaching. However, more and more of them utilize coaching as a support for their uh, social um, uh, responsibility activities. Um, as we look into how coaching again is, is evolving, um, there is this very strong correlation with leadership development, coaching supporting leadership development. Nowadays, we know that not-for-profit organizations really need that strong leadership because that sector of the economy is growing and growing fast. Uh, latest study by Gallup suggested that the, in North America, 11% of recent graduates or people who will be graduating within one year choose not-for-profit sector or charitable organizations as their choice of uh, line of work. That's a lot. 11% is a lot and it's growing from year to year to year. We still hear, start hearing uh, more about uh, not-for-profit organizations taking very significant stance on societal issues and uh, advocating strongly for, for certain solutions. Um, some of you may be uh, aware of the ICF Foundation and ICF Foundation's vision is to use coaching as the amplifying uh, force or methodology for building le uh, leadership capacity within the organizations that uh, are operating in a not-for-profit uh, or NGO uh, sphere. And, you know, this is, this is also uh, something that we started being interested in what do coaches say? We've been hearing a lot about pro bono initiatives, and, uh, but, but it's much more than just pro bono, right? So in 2016, we were conducting our global coaching study with PricewaterhouseCoopers. By the way, the new um, uh, round of the survey is right now out there. So if you uh, haven't uh, utilized it yet, please go to www.coachingstudy2019.org. And uh, um, I hope that you will help us um, gain even more insights about what's going on in the coaching profession and the coaching market. But back in 2016, we did ask the question of the 15,000 respondents to the survey, do you believe that coaching can support societal progress? Well, 
89% came back with a strong yes. Several more percentage said to the large extent. So that means that coaches themselves, a very generous population, we know it, but coaches believe that not only coaching can help with societal progress, but that coaching is a must. And the look into societal progress is something that we cannot ignore. So um, as I said, um, ICF members and ICF chapters have been involved in offering pro bono coaching to populations in need for many, many years. And uh, there are some uh, heartwarming stories um, about what these initiatives um, accomplished from working with um, uh, impoverished uh, youth to working with the victims of violent conflicts to empowering women to enter um, um, marketplace in countries where uh, economic development opportunities for women and girls are uh, little or are just budding right now to working with the uh, veterans returning from military life to, to civilian life. So, so there are many, many very, uh, very heartwarming uh, stories. And you can read about it quite a bit um, uh, at the YCF Foundation site. Every year we offer um, awards in what we call gift of coaching award and the, this is a recognition for the organizations, for the, for the chapters that are working in that pro bono sector. Um, ICF Foundation, a couple, three years ago, decided to create a very significant initiative. We call it IGNITE. And uh, we decided to partner uh, or to align with United Nations 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. We ask our chapters what, uh, which one of the 17 uh, sustainable development goals they really uh, resonate with and they, uh, they really wanna uh, align with. And what came back very strongly was education. So uh, we decided to, to tie the uh, uh, IGNITE initiative to education and we invited our ICF chapters to work with uh, organizations that are supporting the field of education and we offer them coaching to uh, again accelerate and amplify their leadership capacity to, to deliver to the, to the populations that they serve. And I'm extremely proud to say that right now we have 70, 70, 70 uh, Ignite initiatives going on around the globe. Um, and I mean around the globe. Many of them are, uh, actually we have one going in, in every continent that we uh, have a pleasure of, of having um, ICF chapters. So with that also, you know, uh, came a, uh, a question. Um, so as I said, societal progress is so much bigger than offering pro bono coaching. It is more of a systemic look into what coaching can do. Uh, if we think about the ICF um, uh, vision, it is to coaching becoming integral part of a thriving society. And there are two key words in that statement, integral part and then thriving society. There are many, it could be many, many definitions of what it means to individuals and organizations. But one of the 
um, description could be that integral part of society means that coaching is available to anybody and everybody who would like to engage in coaching. That means that we still have a lot of work to do in educating the general population about coaching and also just uh, for people to realize that coaching is not just for C-suite, that coaching is not just for big business, but that coaching is truly impacting individuals and larger systems alike, and that coaching can and is applied in a societal context, if you will. Um, so as we start talking about coaching in, in, in social progress, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get back to thriving society. So what thriving society means? Um, again, the sustainable development goals of the UN touch upon all these big buckets of where we do have problems as a planet, where we do have problems as society, uh, either with clean water, clean energy, um, education, women empowerment, um, whatever it might be, uh, that are issues that need to be urgently, and I mean urgently, addressed. I think that this um, urgency is something that is awakening coaching as a profession to take a much stronger position into what coaches individually and coaching as a profession can and should be doing. So let's take it kind of one by one uh, because societal progress could mean so many different things to an individual coach, to the coaching profession, and conversely to ICF as an organization representing professional coaches. For individuals, as we already said, many started talking and uh, are very generously offering their coaching services to not-for-profit organizations. Um, and it may be for whatever reason is the most urgent for uh, that organization. That could be leadership development, as we said, but it could be uh, effectiveness of their working processes, communication, group work, whatever it might be. Having said that, more and more of coaches and individuals are started asking, I think, a very important question, and it is, what is my individual responsibility for societal issues and societal problems? Um, there is already a standard in the ICF Code of Ethics that talks about impairment. And it does talk about the fact that if a coach observes an impairment in themselves, they are uh, obligated to, to terminate the relationship with their client if they are not the best person to support that client. That self-awareness started reaching beyond that statement, I think, recently. And it is to... Um, uh, almost a moral responsibility of a coach. I remember vividly long conversations with Sir John Whitmore, who many of you might know, the, the uh, uh, often uh, called a father of, of modern coaching. And Sir John, in later years of his uh, uh, coaching practice, would refuse to work with certain clients because 
he said that their values did not align with his values and then he was an extremely extremely vocal proponent of work in clean energy and he was also very vocal saying that he considers it his responsibility to talk about clean energy with his clients that was probably when he first started being very vocal about it good 10 years ago that created some steer because people were saying well how could you possibly do that it needs to be a client agenda and i think that already from then and more and more strongly nowadays we start talking about big difference between of course adopting clients agenda but also as coaches are very keen on growing their own self-awareness is also to grow the awareness of a client um, icf has been recently working on the review of our code of ethics we do it every three years uh, the new code will be released at the beginning of um, next year, so January 2020, and quite a lot of conversation happened around that awareness on the coach and the client side of what impact their work has on a broader system, on society, on the planet. Um, in several parts of the world, we hear coaches becoming very engaged in um, fight for the climate. You know, we recently were talking about climate change. Um, if you are attuned to that, you probably noticed that um, more and more we hear about climate crisis. We had this young woman from Sweden, uh, Greta, addressing UN, talking about climate crisis and how little has been done systemically to, to address this, um, uh, this whole situation. And, and just from the um, uh, position of ICF, we hear pockets of our coaches really getting together, creating uh, groups, creating discussion groups, creating um, activity groups that uh, offer coaching uh, as a modality to the organizations that are working on climate change. Of course, coaches can involve uh, individually in any work that is supporting societal goals as they choose. Again, more, more as individuals than as coaches. <clears throat> However, I get back to that uh, building awareness with their clients. So um, more and more what we hear from the practice of coaching is that if, if, it is a, if a, a coach has a strong uh, position on, on uh, one or more societal issues, they may want to bring it to the attention of their client. They may say, well, what you're proposing is fantastic. And did you, did you think about what impact this will have in longer term on the society um, um, as a whole? Um, and this is anecdotal, but what we hear is that more clients than not would say like, thank you for asking, I was wondering the same thing. While others was like, oh, this is a phenomenal question. I didn't think about it and I probably should. So is it, is it influencing client's agenda? I don't think so. I think it's just raising that awareness of the client that what they do does have an impact. We started hearing about large organizations, you know, uh, Facebook, Google, you name them, 
that create this very strong corporate responsibility uh, programs because they believe that mission-driven organizations are actually more successful long-term than those who are oriented on profit alone. Um, and the, this is also true as we are observing the fairly significant change in the workforce that is coming to, uh, to organizations and corporations. We know that by 2025, very soon, millennials would represent 75% of the global workforce. And millennials and generation, uh, the next generation, Generation Z, are really, really uh, keen on having a voice in large solutions, having a voice in uh, creating better future for themselves and for future generations. So again, uh, coaching becoming that lever for addressing societal issues or for, again, I, I repeat it again because I think it's very important, for bringing societal impacts into the awareness of the clients they are working with is potentially having a significant impact on uh, how solutions are being designed, how global awareness and global consciousness, if you will, for societal good is being raised also by the actions of, of the coaches and the actions of the coaches with the organizations they are working with. You know, there is a question that the ICF Foundation is posting uh, in, in a lot of its work, and it is quite profound. It states, what is the greatest contribution that coaching can offer to humanity? Uh, Morel Foreman, the current president of the ICF Foundation, famously says, we don't need to look of what's possible, but we need to aim for what's needed. And typically the needed is greater than possible. So that's what we do as coaches, right? We just say there is no impossible. We can grow, we can reach greater potential, we can do more. And, and um, as I said, more and more coaches and um, uh, coaching uh, groups start being very interested in uh, that support for societal progress through coaching. And then, uh, you know, one may say, okay, so what else can be done? Um, many of you may know that the United Nations was in a session uh, only last week, um, and they held a lot of very important conversations around the sustainable goals. And uh, uh, many organizations took it as an important time to um, state their stance on societal issues. Um, many very large corporations, most probably provocatively, Visa, the offer of a credit card, um, came out with a strong social, social responsibility program. We are also working with many um, uh, global development organizations. I mentioned UN, but we are working also with uh, the World Bank. We are working with the uh, International Monetary Fund. We are working with African Development Bank. And these are the organizations, uh, uh, United, uh, um, excuse me, European Union um, as well. And these are organizations that are, um, are pretty familiar with coaching. However, again, quite an in interesting shift. 
uh, coaching has been offered to uh, leaders within these organizations for years now. And some of them uh, have very good tradition of utilizing coaching for internal leadership uh, and team development. However, what we started seeing, and I am proud to say that also by doing of the ICF, is that coaching starts being um, added to the project plans and is offered to grantees of the funds of those organizations. In other words, coaching is being used to sustain uh, the good work that the World Bank's um, African Development Banks or uh, whoever else is doing on the ground. Again, so it's, it's becoming parallel. Coaching is still available to the leaders within these organizations, but very importantly, coaching is being offered as a part of the funding mechanism to strengthen and to sustain um, the, uh, the outcomes and the impacts um, of those, um, of those uh, uh, funding um, uh, grants. What we also start seeing uh, that with the use of strong coaching cultures, with, which means that there is a support for coaching from a senior leadership, which means that uh, individuals appreciate and value coaching. Another aspect of strong coaching culture is the fact that there is a budget line, dedicated budget line for uh, coaching. It also means that people throughout the system have access to coaching. It's not just C-suite. It's uh, offering coaching to high potentials. It's offering coaching to teams and groups. It's offering coaching as an onboarding mechanism. Um, so, uh, and, and again, the, the very important part that utilization of internal and external coaches, as well as leaders and uh, uh, managers using coaching skills, that these people are properly trained and prepared to offer their coaching services. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in these organizations with strong coaching cultures, uh, that uh, greater uh, attention to long-term impacts is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, many organizations, especially publicly traded organizations, tend or tended to look just to the next quarter, just what are the results, what are the dividends being paid to, to the stakeholders. But we see a shift in stakeholders. Stakeholders do want to see longer-term impacts, uh, and stakeholders all also are quite uh, vocal about societal progress. So we hear stories about stakeholders, shareholders insisting on uh, some um, activities within the organizations that are either less um, uh, uh, negatively impacting the society or uh, in turn very positively impacting the society. And coaching is being utilized a lot in support of those initiatives and this change in the mindset. So, um, so uh, you know, I think that that vision of ICF that coaching is becoming integral part of society is becoming real because greater and greater populations are being exposed to coaching. Um, ICF, um, again, very proudly recently entered into the relationship with the Special Olympics, and we are offering uh, leadership coaching for for just about every person that is uh, a part of a Special Olympics, from the athletes to their parents to the leaders within the organization. Um, um, I've been, uh, you know, ICF has been a very, very good 
um, spotter of trends in ICA, in, in coaching, and yet we've been somewhat passive reporter of these trends. I think nowadays with such a strong support from our membership for societal progress and for coaching making a difference, uh, we're gonna see more and more initiatives that, uh, that will be pointing into use of coaching for social progress. Again, either at the individual level by the engagement of an individual coach or by bringing that attention and awareness to the clients, uh, uh, organizational clients that coaches are, are working with. Um, so, you know, I will repeat that, that statement from the foundation. What is the greatest contribution that coaching can offer to humanity. Um, I think, again, there are many different definitions for that. Uh, uh, and and somewhat, somehow the, it, it, it does depend on the individual coach. But um, the uh, very strong presence in reflection and self-awareness in uh, core coaching competencies within the ICF, and then seeing that, um, uh, strong support for uh, taking keen attention to the impact of the work of the coach and the client on a greater system and greater society is something that we are uh, uh, really seeing uh, strongly. And uh, I think we're going to see only more and more of that. So I've been talking for 40 minutes. I'm going to stop here and see if perhaps there are any questions or is there any uh, specific aspect that you would like for me to further address. Yeah, um, thanks, Magda. Uh, it, 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 it's been fantastic. I think it's one of the rare occasions where uh, we have you moving beyond uh, demographics and um, in what countries ICF is doing and so on and so forth. It, it, it's it really, uh, I heard you at the APAC conference and you started talking about some of the issues, systemic issues and areas that you are interested in. And this is really Fantastic. There have been a few questions from Fiona, um, and Fiona is actually doing a session tomorrow yes. on the colloquium. What I would do is I let me promote uh, Fiona to the panel, and she had asked about some questions on um, uh, education and some of the other issues of that. Uh, so I hope uh, she can uh, come on the panel. Fiona, would you like to unmute yourself and ask your questions, please? Hello, Fiona, are you there? Yeah, one of the questions that Fiona had uh, asked is, um, yeah, can we expect all coaches to work across these various ranges of personal and professional um, areas that you talked about, or should we be thinking about education and training for different sectors, perhaps building up capacities uh, slowly? And then later there was something else that she had asked. So, uh, and also that the, sounds like the breadth and depth of what coaches may be engaged would require a very adaptable person with a wide range of personal and professional capacities. Um, so uh, if you have any uh, answers to these. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the question. And you know, this is, this is not necessarily a question that can be answered with the black and white response. Um, Back to data, 
what I um, when I mentioned the Pricewaterhouse um, Cooper study from 2016 global coaching study, we know that the very very vast um, percentage of the respondents to the survey, who, by the way, were coaches uh, from ICF and 38% of them were non-affiliated with ICF. So they strongly believe that coaching is making a difference and can make a difference uh, uh, for, for the societal, societal progress. That indicates to me that there is a keen interest within the coaching uh, uh, community about doing that. Is that a mandate? I don't think so. Uh, I think that you know coaches will be working with the clients that um, uh, they want to work with and on the issues that they're working on. There are some important values, at least for the ICF coaches, uh, of respect, of collaboration, of excellence that uh, that do translate into no doing harm, right? So uh, this this new review of the code probably will bring that additional standard around being aware of the impact. That, that the work of the coach and the client is um, uh, having on the greater society. So, but this is not a dictate. This is more of a, you know, please just stop for a second, reflect. Reflect and be aware of what your work is doing and can be doing in the long term. Uh, does it require uh, depth and capacity? Yes. No question about it. And yet, this is another thing that we know so well about coaches, is that they are lifelong learners. Um, the commitment to uh, personal and professional development is again reflected in our code of ethics. Uh, and, and even by the virtue, Magda, when she introduced um, me, she was talking about ICF being also responsible for coaching standards and coaching uh, uh, credentials. The very fact that we require um, additional education uh, units as the requirement for renewal of the credential also points to the fact that this lifelong learning is a part of a constitution um, of the professional coach. And also we do um, as an organization uh, really welcome pro bono activities being offered by our by our coaches. I think that the entire society is growing in awareness about the societal needs and some societal crises. And uh, I, so I don't think that this is unusual that coaching would follow. And yet because of the nature of our profession, I think that commitment to no doing harm and doing good is even greater either by our own work or um, as a work with our coaching clients. Thanks, Mandra. Uh, there are a couple of questions um, uh, from uh, Sri Vanderhoen. Uh, why are initiatives and projects continuing to use pro bono rather than the paid hours definition? ICF has such a wonderfully wide definition of paid coaching, which when used allows coaches to work towards credentials to log these hours as paid hours. Yes. Very good question and um, uh, I'll be very happy to address it. There are several reasons why people offer pro bono coaching. Some of them because this is their way of giving back. They are successful and they want to give back. Uh, some is offered pro bono because the uh, individuals or institutions that are receiving that gift um, 
may not be in a position to afford coaching, and yet they desperately can use the help. But very much in recognition of the fact that coaching is a profession and we need to value it, uh, uh, value it for, for the profession. The initiatives of the ICF Foundation are, are offering pro bono. Having said that, it's a limited period of time. It is limited to, limited, sorry, to six months engagement. And after that, there is an expectation that the organizations that are utilizing coaching in that pro bono um, uh, way would be so enthused by the results they uh, get with coaching that they would um, create a, a specific and unique uh, budget line for coaching in their next budgets. That's, that's precisely what the foundation wants to see happen, is raising the awareness, showing the results, so that coaching is becoming absolutely the standard feature in not-for-profit organizations' budgets for, uh, for next you know, fiscal rounds or, or funding cycles. The work we've been doing with uh, UNICEF and, and World Bank is actually paid work. So um, um, starting kind of, and, and we also are doing quite a lot of research. Fortunately now doing all these uh, uh, initiatives, we have good uh, look into the um, systemic impact of what coaching is providing to, to those organizations and individuals. And they are very, very promising. So we are collecting this data, analyzing this data, creating strong um, ROI and ROE uh, case studies of the effectiveness of coaching in uh, not-for-profit sector. Again, with the end um, um, result in mind, and that being that not-for-profit organizations will become as used and as familiar uh, uh, with coaching as the for-profit organizations are, and again, uh, make sure that they are writing the uh, line items for uh, within their budgets for coaching. And speaking of budgets, um, I also want to touch uh, uh, very briefly on the study we've done last year with uh, Human Capital Institute, and it was about coaching being a support mechanism for sustainable change, man uh, change uh, uh, management initiatives. What, uh, what we know from that study, uh, and you can find it on our website, coachfederation.org, is that many, uh, just about every organization is reporting that they are going through some kind of a change uh, initiative. Uh, majority of these initiatives will not be successful. And the three factors that are absolutely crucial for the success or the failure of the change initiative is communication, uh, leadership and access to information, um, um, which also translates into, into resilience. Now, we do know that coaching is uh, one of the best mechanisms to grow leadership skills and also to um, help with resilience. So, and, and, and so many organizations use coaching for uh, improvement in communication. So that's another factor that is strongly supported by coaching. We asked the question of the respondents to, to that particular study of what kind of mechanisms are being offered um, as a support to the change initiatives. And um, uh, 
there is a fairly lengthy list of um, initiatives from classroom training to just pure managerial support, including uh, working with manager and leader using coaching skills or the internal or external coach. <clears throat> when we asked the organizations uh, what methodology, what methods are being used the most, you would probably not be surprised to see that the most traditional ones, including classroom uh, uh, learning, were on the top of the list. So we asked the follow-up follow up question with what do you think is the most effective? And I'm, I'm sure you're not gonna be surprised that it's almost flipping that table on its head and the, the uh, mechanism being used the least, that being coaching, managers, leaders using coaching skills, group coaching, team coaching, that shows up at the very top of the effectiveness. So uh, not-for-profit organizations, um, as I said, some of them are large systems and large organizations. They are, by their own definition, supporting change. And, um, and therefore, the use of coaching to support and sustain that change is even uh, more of a powerful um, offer that it may seem at the face value. Okay, um, thanks Magda. I, 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 I'm not very sure whether uh, the, the way that I interpreted that question about pro bono was uh, whether even if the organization does not pay any money and it's being given as a service, uh, that ICF would consider that equivalent to paid hours as far as credentialing and stuff is concerned. So I'm not quite sure. Um, but in, in case you, you, you want to pick that up to answer that, that, that may be a possibility. Yes, that, that's very true that, uh, that for the credential at every level, we actually invite certain percentage of the hours being pro bono. Uh, they are treated, as, as Ram said, they are treated the same as the paid uh, hours. And you know, there is something very interesting also about the, the term pro bono. In, uh, um, in the United States in particular, pro bono is often defined or interpreted as for free. In fact, it is not. Pro bono means for greater good. So uh, it is entirely possible that, that um, it could be a discounted price. It could be an exchange of value without monetary exchange. Uh, and we also know from uh, studies on something unrelated to coaching that um, human nature suggests that if something is for free with, uh, without any um, personal commitment from an individual, people tend to value it less. So we, we did have several projects where the, the fee was extremely low, $10, $5 per coaching um, engagement. But, uh, but that, that created that emotional link and emotional um, attachment that uh, resulted in much greater uptake of, of the coaching hours. But uh, so let's, let's, let's remember these two uh, things. One that pro bono coaching um, up to 10% for PCC and MCC and up to 25% for ACC uh, pro bono uh, hours are very much welcome uh, for the application of the credential. And then that definition, pro bono means for greater good, it does not necessarily mean. Yeah, absolutely right, Magda. I mean, having worked in this space <clears throat> for a very long time, um, charity by itself, uh, I found, never works, and <clears throat> it's taken for granted. Uh, yeah, what, how people can afford to pay, can they pay in some way, 
pay forward and many other things can be really looked at. Sally has a question, what, and, and there are a few others in that realm as well, uh, in terms of how to work with a nonprofit sector, uh, <clears throat> pro bono as you put it for the larger good. What advice would you give to ICF coaches, <clears throat> those who are keen to work with the realm of the nonprofit sector? Are there any particular routes that you would recommend? Um, personally, mm -hmm. we would like to do that in Africa. Yes, you know that there is there is a difference uh, uh, between working with for-profit organizations and not-for-profit organizations. Um, many of the not-for-profit organizations are what we call mission-driven. So the alignment of uh, values and visions and missions is is an absolute must. Uh, I know that we say coaching is coaching is coaching, but again, that alignment for mission-driven organizations is even more uh, significant than it is uh, for for-profit for organizations. The other difference is that m most not-for-profit organizations, although they do have paid staff, they also work with volunteers. And it is, often because of the engagement of the volunteers that the work of the organization is being uh, really delivered. Well, look at ICF. We, yes, we have 57 staff members, but we have 36,000 uh, fantastic volunteers who are doing great job on behalf of ICF every day. So working with volunteers is different than working with the paid um, uh, individuals um, because again, that alignment on values and also their um, sensitivity, if you will, to what they do and how they do it yeah, uh, is different. And their, their um, commitment to process, as Ram said earlier, might be a little different as well. It is their voluntary time. What we find out is that typically the volunteers uh, that work with coaches are phenomenally uh, grateful for it and cannot stop talking about the benefits. But there is this initial uh, work on really having very specific agreement, either with the organization that you're working with or with an individual that you're working with. There was an interesting uh, study being done several years back uh, about working in not-for-profit sector. And uh, on our website, on the foundation's website, we do have some tips about how to approach a not-for-profit organization and also how to, uh, how to um, be more familiar maybe with some specificities of working with volunteers, working for mission-driven organizations, and sometimes, you know, working in extremely, extremely emotional environment. Um, so, so I would welcome you to go to our foundation's website and look into these tips. Um, but, but for me personally, the alignment of values and vision or mission of the organization is something that opens a lot of doors and something that, uh, that is very much um, welcome by the organization on the other side. I can't hear you, Ram. I'm sorry, you're muted. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I muted myself. Yeah. Um, th th there have been a couple of questions on um, ICF and uh, role in uh, education. And this brings me to a larger question. Um, uh, I remember you talking about another forum on, uh, you, you touched upon it earlier, moving from the individual to the larger societal uh, ecosystemic or systemic coaching uh, involving the entire organization or the ecosystem in the this, this space itself. And some of it is being done with uh, UN and similar organizations. 
Now, <clears throat> if we were to take it in the space of, for instance, education in a larger sense, or maybe health or climate change that you mentioned, um, if, if you want to involve a large number of people <clears throat> like Sally and others who are willing to get into this, uh, are there other other completely out of the box ways that you can think of? What is it that uh, members can do on their own? Uh, in what way can they bring value to energy and inspiration to ICF, things like that? Yes, um, so thank you, first of all, for Sally's enthusiasm for, for this kind of work. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> As I mentioned, the ICF Foundation for the IGNITE project um, uh, aligned itself with the sustainable development goal number four, which is education. And all 70 initiatives that are going on uh, right now in the ICF system do point to education. What it means is that our chapters partner with the organizations that deliver services in the field of um, education. And it could be a school system. It could be working with the principal or, or certain um, um, uh, teachers. It could be the organization much like UNICEF that is uh, responsible for uh, for early education. It could be working with organizations that are helping influence curriculum development for organizations of uh, um, um, educational um, in the educational or education sector. For individuals, you know, I think that sky is the limit. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that there are uh, organizations in your backyard, you know, many people when asked, many coaches when asked, how do we go from that individual to a system? The answer is start in your backyard. Um, because just frankly, everything is um, more sustainable if it's starting with grassroots and with that commitment at the local level. So, um, you know, look around uh, in, your, in your neighborhood. Is there an organization that is supporting um, educational goals? Is there, is there a school system uh, that is doing something like that? Is there a, a special um, group that is focusing on a specific um, um, kind of education. Um, you know, there is this very interesting study from McKinsey around Generation Z uh, and how different they are from, uh, from the boomers, from the Xers, and definitely from the millennials. And the very interesting part of that study points that um, they, two, two things which I found fascinating. One is that they, they do say already in the early age, I will change as an individual. Today, I can tell you that I, I am very, um, for me, what is important is X, Y, Z, but I do know that in several years it may change. So don't define me for life in this part of my, uh, of my life cycle. Um, and the other one was that they are much more communal in their approach. It's not about the individual, it's about the whole. It's about the society, it's about the community. They are more interested in finding solutions jointly than fixing the problems for individual gain. So there is some societal shift possibly going on um, that, that the younger generations are really um, more, more uh, looking into the society and societal uh, good and societal progress more so than uh, focusing on individual gain and, and moving up 
if you will, um, in in individuals' life and and a career. So so again, I think that in in the uh, <clears throat> localities that you happen to work, um, that may be something that you can look directly into the organization that is having some um, educational impact and work with them. Or if you're working with uh, corporate uh, uh, clients, large and small, perhaps you can suggest that they do create some initiative that is supporting um, a goal of education. Um, and there, there may be, you know, very, uh, very different, very different ones. It could be. <clears throat> so one of my favorite stories, and not related to coaching, but. Um, there is uh, in, in the United States, there is the um, coin laundromat association, not very sexy, not very sexy. Uh, and they also have a foundation and this foundation decided to support the field of education in a very interesting way. What they noticed was that typically, first of all, laundromats are more times than not in the areas of cities that are not most affluent. They are typically uh, uh, less you know, affluent um, areas of the, of the uh, um, municipality. And typically who comes to laundromats are um, mothers with children or grandparents with children. Oftentimes they sit there and wait for their laundry to be made. So the Laundromat Foundation, they started creating little libraries in the laundromats. It started with just putting couple, three books. Uh, it uh, expanded to them um, partnering with the manufacturers of, of bookcases. And they started putting custom-made um, bookcases in the laundromats. It extended to people, owners of laundromats or otherwise coming for hour a day, hour a week, whatever they can do, and read to children because they found out that many times the parents or grandparents, they, they do not read. So, uh, so that became an absolutely phenomenal uh, initiative for them, uh, the initiative that is way more known than what the Laundromat Association is, is doing, but in a very unusual and out-of-the-box way, the affording for kids to not only be taken out of streets and potential danger, but also being exposed to reading um, and, and, and uh, the, the whole idea of, of reading and learning about the, the world in such a way is such an unusual and yet such a powerful way that they are supporting the field of, of education. I am, I am sharing that story because first of all, it's one of my favorite stories. And second, because it is very out of the box. It's not the direct application. With coaching, I think we always have that direct application of our skill and, and our talent. We can offer that gift of coaching to an individual or the institution. But there are also ways of igniting um, the, the, the thought of how um, education can be, can be supported. Um, yeah, they, they, there were some uh, questions on the links for the ICF Foundation. All that I have said is that it's already available on the ICF website <clears throat> and it leads to the separate uh, uh, foundation uh, sub-website as well. Uh, and unless there is some other information that, as far as I know that that works, right? 
Yes, you can go to coachfederation.org and scroll down on that first page to the list of hyperlinks on the bottom of the page. And ICF Foundation is hyperlinked there. Otherwise, it's www.foundationoficf.org. Yeah, one of the things I noticed, Marga, <clears throat> from whatever I said, I remember that earlier when Janet was running the foundation, she <clears throat> addressed some of the sessions as well on foundation. Uh, there's, uh, in, in a sense, while there is a lot of work that has been done, tremendous amount of work that has been done by ICF, uh, not many people are aware of the extent of the scope of what is being done. Uh, in that context, I know your uh, sort of passion and fascination for uh, this larger institutional societal work. Uh, one of the things, I don't know how familiar you are with, and it, it's something which has been evolving in the last couple of years, uh, Otto Schammer's, uh, the theory you, um, the whole uh, effort, the labs and so on and so forth. Uh, now it's become a mass movement, for example. Uh, I mean, what started with 100,000 people probably now is reaching out to probably closer to a million people. In the current lab that he's running, it's about, uh, I think there are 20, 30,000 people have actually uh, taken part. And what I was very intrigued <clears throat> to why I find was that um, the word coaching is so often used. And they talked about creating hubs, they talk about creating coaching circles. And while they don't talk about it in terms of a competency, but very clearly the whole underlying essence of coaching is coming in in some way in terms of how do you use that for a larger societal transformation, what he calls this moving from the absencing to the presencing. Um, so there are, I'm sure there are other initiatives as well, which are not that well known. So are there in, in some way, I know that not everything can be done at a purely organizational level, but could there be methodologies by means of which um, uh, these can be somehow brought into the larger spectrum of the space that ICF is working on? I think so. I think, as you said, not everything can be done um, at the organizational level, but also not everything can be done immediately. So these processes, this this uh, uh, structures have to to be built. Um, I mentioned before that we have seventy ignite initiatives. We are learning a lot from those initiatives of how to build a greater movement. Uh, we are also very intrigued with working with these large systems, you know, UNICEF, Special Olympics, places like that, where by the sheer engagement with, with them, their reach is just tremendous. Even through the 70 uh, Ignite initiatives, we uh, looked into the size of the population that those organizations that we are working with are working and by uh, just last year the well last year and a half the work of the foundation had the potential of reaching four million people so this is i think where the societal progress is happening with uh, potentially finding the partners with the reach and the scope that affords for that ripple effect um, of what the work of individual coach can actually do for the larger organization. Um, as I mentioned before, we have some pockets of, of uh, our own members uh, really uh, starting much broader conversations about impact on climate, impact on energy, 
So um, I am um, sure that we're going to also, as an organization, receive more and more requests of some more systematic and systemic uh, support for some of these initiatives. Education is going on right now at the foundation level, but again, the foundation is working with the coaches um, of the ICF and the chapters of the ICF. Um, I think it's very important what you said about term coaching being used and being used pretty freely. We are unrelenting in uh, educating general public about professional coaching and what coaching is and what coaching is not and what to expect from coaching. You know, several years back, there was a little danger, I think, that coaching was used for everything. It was a silver bullet. And that's, that's not necessarily appropriate either. Uh, coaching has the best um, impact in, in certain um, applications, while in other circumstances, different things may work better, that being a direct managerial support or, or learning, uh, more traditional learning. So, so we, we uh, not only were uh, doing a lot to train, to um, educate the public about what coaching is, and, and also how to source a professional coach. As, as you know, uh, ICF is, is very proud of being a standard setter in the coaching profession with the extremely high rigor uh, and commitment to ongoing improvement. So um, we certainly want to make sure that whoever is working with the professional coach on a pro bono basis or otherwise, that they are working with the person who is trained, evaluated, and definitely prepared to offer that service. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, and I, 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 uh, in terms of the coaching, in terms of the professional approach, I think the way that uh, um, Shama's Presencing Institute and several others are looking at it uh, is more as a, a support system uh, rather than in the professional sense that uh, we use it in the ICF terminology. Uh, the, 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 the way that I was looking at it really was from, uh, you know, these, these are very parallel to the kind of stuff that we are talking about it now, what you are talking about in terms of the larger societal transformation, be it climate change, be it in terms of uh, reaching out to those who cannot afford and uh, stuff like that. Uh, so uh, I know the foundation is already active in many ways, uh, but if over and above whatever we are doing in Ignite or as part of it, um, I. I I'm only concerned about the lack of awareness. I know that there's so much of it being done, but in spite of whatever we are promoting, uh, it is still uh, probably not reaching out. Uh, ICF is still very much seen as probably uh, the provider of that diploma, the degree, the certificate, the credential, that kind of a stuff. Uh, the larger impact of what is being done in coaching, what is possible to be done in coaching, like what you're talking about, which is why we wanted you to come and speak on this. Uh, uh, societal uh, transformation bit. One of the things, I, this is a bit outside of what we are talking about. I recently came across, the, maybe you are familiar with this acronym called WEIRD, W-E-I-R-D. Um, uh, it was a paper published in 2010, um, how 98% of all uh, 
work that is being done, published, recognized, etc., in most fields, psychological, neurosciences, research, etc. They are all from Western, educated, industrialized, rich, democratic societies, and 70% of them are from the United States. Um, like, for example, you when you initially said that 50% of the ICF uh, membership or credential coaches is uh, North America, uh, which I'm sure of is fantastic when it started in order to provide the impetus. But today, um, which then it's just a fraction, very, very small fraction of the larger world, probably a quarter. Oh, yeah. Right. So how do we, again, I, I, I'm probably being the question here, I think each one of us can do something about it, but in a larger systemic way, is there something that can be done which really um, takes an organization like ICF into the mainstream of the non-weird societies, as it were? This is a very interesting question, and um, and a question that that uh, frankly ICF members will have to wait in because ICF as an organization exists to support. Um, our members. We are a membership organization. We are owned, if you will, by, uh, by the members. So our primary focus is to make sure that our coaches are being well supported in their educational uh, uh, needs, in their needs for, for running the business, and also parallelly that we, uh, as I mentioned, that we are setting standards for the professional coaching and also that we are educating the public about coaching. Um, the taking taking a, an advocacy position is a little different. I, I would say that in a way we are advocating for the professional coaching, but taking it further, advocating for professional coaching to support societal good is 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 an extension, and is an extension that already is a uh, uh, definitely a value for the um, for the ICF Foundation, and it is a specific goal and uh, and the focus. Um, of the foundation, and I think that this is reaching a greater uh, spectrum and scope because ICF members are uh, keenly interested in having that societal impact. I think that by the work of the Ignite, we are trying to show, and this is still the program in its infancy, we're trying to show that systematic approach to applying coaching in social uh, progress or in social sector does make sense. We did a, a literature review on the efficacy of coaching in not-for-profit. There is very little about it, very little. So uh, in a way, the, the, the work that we're doing right now is providing, as I mentioned, us the data that we can turn into uh, good research and good um, case studies to show effectiveness of coaching in social progress. So I think we're, we're, we're inching, we're, we're, we're taking small steps, but um, I, I think that because of the urgency of societal needs these days, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get greater urge um, for, if nothing else, much broader conversation, uh, much yeah, like you suggested, about uh, coaching being uh, the means for seeing progress uh, for, for society. Um, and especially this, this most urgent um, issues that we are dealing with on a daily basis right now. You know, I'm sitting in Lexington, Kentucky, it's October 1st and the temperature is at 35 uh, centigrades, which is not normal. So, um, so yeah, we, we, have, we have some things to do, I think. You know, um, 
some of my colleagues uh, in the office and in the leadership will tell you that what I've been saying for a long time is like, I want us to be at Davos. I want us to sit at the big table. I want us not to be thought about as, oh, nice to have, I must have. And partly because of a difference we can, we can make in the long term. Yeah, one way um, I, I, I would sort of take what you said um, in a slightly different direction is, at the end of the day, yes, we have, we have to define what coaching is, what, what the framework is. Um, now, in terms of the application, uh, there are literally uh, infinite possibilities in terms of how, how this can be used and whatever sectors it can be used. Like, for example, when I mentor Otto Sharma's presence saying um, how that is being used. Uh, one of the things that I work when I work with leadership teams, uh, the simple way of putting it across to them about coaching is that there's absolutely no difference between the competencies in coaching and the co leadership competencies. Uh, there has to be a very uh, clear outcome definition. There's a movement towards action. There has to be an awareness that is created, that is communication, building relationships, and all this kind of stuff. For instance, design thinking. There is IDEO and various organizations in Stanford. And the, the basic infrastructure they use is exactly similar to what we use in coaching as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so some of these things, then we can create an amalgam, as it were, uh, between these and others in terms of expanding that. And, and, and something like what you are talking about in terms of a larger ecosystemic shift, transformation that can happen. I, I think as a whole, um, the coaching community can uh, contribute a lot more than what we are doing uh, in terms of the multiplier effect, the scaling effect uh, on, a, on a global scale. Um, yeah, let, let's see how, how that goes. So I, 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 there aren't uh, any more major questions. So whatever that you have else to, in, in terms of your flow of consciousness in the next mm -hmm. about 10, 15 minutes, please go on. Well, thanks. Thank you. And, and uh, I really appreciate the invitation to, to be on this call today and, and the, the topic that you suggested, Ram, because yes, it is great passion of mine. But also, I have to say, I, I think that we will see um, a greater uptake of coaching in, in that societal context. Um, and, you know, the invitation um, is being made to each and every coach that is member of ICF or otherwise. And the invitation is also very much on the table for training organizations like, like uh, your, yourself, because this is where the consciousness, if you will, of a coach is being, is being formed in a way. So uh, bringing the, uh, to the attention and awareness of the individuals who want to become professional coaches uh, that what they do may have very significant impact, uh, positive impact on societal issues is important. Uh, we start seeing you know, the, the traditional uh, educational systems moving to, to, to that uh, early formation of consciousness. So, um, and I would agree uh, wholeheartedly with you that the traits of a modern leader are very much similar to the traits of the, of the coach. Uh, the style of management that is being demanded anymore is very much aligned with the, with the coaching style. Um, 
And at the same time, I think that, that uh, you also are right saying that there are different disciplines coming together that, uh, for lack of better term, I call um, human development. Coaching is one of it, you know, mindfulness may be the other, uh, a change management theory, neuroscience, all that is really emerging into what is creating that new way of humans being and humans um, interacting with one another. Um, and yes we still have about 50 well 49 percent of our membership in north america um and yet we are growing very fast in other parts of the world which also comes um with a different consciousness where it comes with um a greater attention to to commun communal good and communal um uh, um, involvement, if you will. I just came back from Nairobi, Kenya, where we had fantastic conversations about some very um, uh, amazing projects uh, happening to, to better up the entire communities and entire sectors. And I think that the fact that we are seeing this corporate responsibility programs in corporations and more and more coaching supporting those that i think will be one of the fastest accelerator for the use of coaching in social progress um, because there is a um, in many cases there is a very significant resource behind those initiatives um, and we on our part you know doing um, uh, ignite initiatives but our commitment is to really promote the outcomes of those um, initiatives in a larger scale and also knocking on the door of the uh, um, large organizations like large donor organization that in turn can support uh, use of coaching in uh, some applications for populations that otherwise may not have access to it and that the coaches can be also compensated for it because thriving society means every single person you know living in a in a better place but also being able to live the life that they want to live so uh, part of the mandate for the icf as we see it is also to make sure that coaching is a viable profession and the coaching is a choice that people people can make for their career um, and be uh you know satisfactorily compensated for that um, so I, I think that this is a multi-pronged approach to how we make sure that coaching is uh, known, is understood for what it is, and is also you know, delivered according to, to the standards um, that, are, uh, that are recognized in a, in a larger, larger scope. I am very excited about um, ICF's position on ethics and the fact that um, our, we have, of course, the uh, ethical conduct review process that is, um, could be utilized if the client is not uh, completely happy with the ethical conduct of a coach. That's very powerful and more and more of our coaches are actually sharing um, this fact and the code of ethics with their uh, respective clients. Um, and again, that, that call for consciousness and uh, awareness of the impact of the work of a coach and the 
and their clients is something that is opening a bigger conversation and a conversation that I think will be um, will continue and and I think it's it's extremely useful uh, to the society but also to uh, how how coaches are showing up uh, in the marketplace and how ICF is being perceived as an organization. Yeah, thank, thanks, really, Amanda. But what I was really impressed was the word that you used about choice and consciousness. I mean, these are not words that one commonly hears uh, when we are talking to this forum. We talk a lot about awareness, fine. But I think when we talk about consciousness, we completely switch to another level of uh, what I might call global, if that is what it is, um, mm -hmm. um, area, which is my passion anyway. But let me stop there. So I'll invite, Fred. thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you, uh, sharing your perspectives. And I wish we have more occasions uh, for that to happen. Uh, Fiona, for you, for a few words. And then Magda, you can close. Thank you. Thank you. Magda. <laughs> thank you so much, Magda, for a lovely session. I've learned so much from you today. I'm sorry you can't see me because I'm waving at you. Um, oh, I'm waving back there. <laughs> Wonderful. And I, I just thought it's, my head's so full of ideas. So bless you for that. Always love to get the little gray cells moving. And also <laughs> to say, actually, it's making me think about our social role as commentators on absolutely anything that we choose to do so and are passionate about. So thank you so much for your inspiration. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you so much. I, um, it, you can tell that I'm getting warmed up as I talk about it because I think it's really, really important and, and, and something that ah, we can do it. We can do it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Absolutely. Magda? This was really interesting. And yes, we can do it. Uh, we are doing it with people like Magda, like Ram, like Fiona, like all of you guys in attendance. Um, we for sure can make a difference and we are making a difference. And wherever Coach Aria can assist, uh, we welcome the feedback and the suggestions because again we can't do it alone we have to do this together but we did get started with some things so um a few of you may have seen in the q a i posted a link to forum.cocharia.com that's our very new forum that we've launched for discussions like this so we can continue talking and continue connecting and sharing ideas so the forum is open to the public uh please after this session log on there's a bunch of topics already started there um around the kinds of things that were coming up in this session around education and coaching around pro bono um sharing ideas of what we can do together so please log on and um i will ask the magdas will connect later so we can get all the different links and things mentioned in this session and i will post those in the forum as well so you won't have missed anything um and we'll make this recording available as a podcast as well as um a video later in the month so that you can catch up and listen again um, and then one more thing there's also another service that we've literally just launched so when you go in there there's not much there yet but that's why I'm, I'm mentioning it now um, if you go to marketplace.cocharia.com we've created um, a, a place where coaches who want to offer uh, pro bono or peer coaching where you can post your profile and um let's let's build up a few of those profiles and as soon as we have you know a critical mass of that uh through cocharia we have and, and through you know through icf through other partners we have so many different opportunities to connect with ngos and nonprofits 
and um, others who can't afford to pay a professional coach, but could very much benefit um, for their organization and for the planet. So if you could also please check out marketplace.coacharia.com, um, register for a, with your profile. We will definitely spread this far and wide and hopefully get some momentum going where all of us can make an impact together. So that's my spiel. I look forward to interacting with all of you um, on all those different places. Thank you so much, Magda, for your time this morning. It was Pleasure. inspirational and informative and very, very exciting. Um, Thank you so much. And yeah, tomorrow, I promise uh, to all of you who are attending, we will have chat and we will have not, nobody kicked out, etc. It happens. I'm sorry. It's life. But we will see you guys here tomorrow for a session with Fiona. Uh, Magda, any uh, password or anything, or is it automatically? No, no password. I will. I will email everybody. So because mm. there's so many sessions, yeah. and ICF has granted us different CCEUs for different yeah. sessions, yeah. it's just going to get too complicated to use individually. So anybody who's claiming CCEUs, um, please log on to forum.coacharia.com, and uh, the session name for today is pinned to the top. Um, comment with your feedback so we know you're here and then when this entire month is over uh, there'll be a very simple certificate claim process where we will validate who attended what and you will get a certificate so that will happen just not today thank you wonderful thanks Magda thank you very much indeed